Nuance Beauty is a podcast where we try to tease out the complexity, or as I say, the nuance, in any given topic so that we can acknowledge the tension there and hold space to see the beauty in it, the beauty in ourselves and the beauty in others and relationships. It's not easy seeing beyond our own opinions, but there's wisdom in the pursuit. So join us. Hi guys, welcome back to Nuance Beauty. Hey everybody. And so what do you want to talk about? I don't know. What do you want to talk about? I don't know, like stuff. Stuff and things? Maybe things. Things and stuff. Things and stuff. What about stuff? Yeah. Hey, what kind of stuff? Let's do it. Let's talk about stuff. <laughs> she actually sent now me a Now that you all are intrigued. She actually sent me a text message saying, hey, we should do a podcast about stuff. I'm like, I think our podcast what is kind of stuff? always about stuff. <laughs> Also things. Uh-huh. So uh um, She actually meant nouns. Let's talk about nouns. Nouns, stuff that is nouns, like mm. materialism. Okay, we stretched this enough. What tell me about the book you're reading. Oh my gosh. Wasn't this didn't this read. come from a book? Yeah, but I don't even remember what I was saying about that book. It was about stuff. There was a chapter about stuff. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So there was a chapter about stuff and she um brought up Oh, like this, almost like this fine balance between stuff controlling you and you controlling, like you feeling overwhelmed by the amount of stuff you have. And, um, and I think that's something that we can relate to. Also, anyone who's seen the movie Fight Club is, is, you know, it's ringing in their ears, uh, Brad Pitt's line about the things that you own become, become, begin to own you. Yes. I think that there's this fine line between um, appreciating the stuff you have and being consumed by the stuff. And you almost have to ask yourself, like, well, I don't know. Why do you have it? And what does it mean to you, really? Mm -hmm. Well, let's maybe start this with um, a bit of some background stories. Mm -hmm. So growing up, my parents uh, really valued things. Mm-hmm. They, I always had the nicest things uh, in terms of like I was the first person to get the Xbox uh, when the Xbox came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and my parents would point to those things as, see, look how much I love you. I bought you all these things. At the same time, every three months or so, my, my stepmom would give me a, a black plastic garbage bag and say, put all the clothes you don't wear in this. And because I was like a teenage boy, I only wore a couple of things. So for most of my adolescent life, I owned seven T-shirts, one pair of jeans. <laughs> yeah. Seven pairs of underwear, seven socks. Yeah. Pairs of socks. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and then that kind of carried through about this idea that I, I'm not really attached to a lot of my things. And, and a part of that is because of that taught behavior of, well, if you're not using it, throw it away. Uh-huh. Why, why is this in the house? You're not using it. And part of it is, I think, a, a bit of a reaction to the, the, the weight that they put on so many things Yeah, uh, and as, as artifacts of affection. Uh-huh. And so when we got early into marriage, I feel that we would... Uh, we would buy high quality things. We would spend money on items, but we also would buy not many things. Well, yeah, I don't know how true that is because I feel like you have a remarkable ability. And I feel like this almost needs to be a recurring segment because I feel like every episode I talk about your remarkable abilities uh, to find inexpensive things that look really nice. 
Ah, uh, that's a good point. Consider too. all of your jewelry. I do, but then I do um like when we got our careers and we were making very good money and didn't mm-hmm. have college debt, yeah. I would buy a $300 coach purse. And folks that I grew up with could not, could not fathom. fathom spending that sort of money on a purse. Like, why would you buy that purse? You could go to Walmart and buy a $10 purse. Like, you blew $300 on a purse? And if you're wondering how we pulled that off, go back to our episode of So You Want to Attend a Service Academy. <laughs> yeah, go attend a service mm-hmm. academy. Send your kids that way <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so that you don't uh, have college debt and you have a good paying job. So You also have background luggage about yes having things yeah so for me thinking about material um i can remember um a couple times going to a storage because my mom always had a storage unit she has one today still and uh it just being piled to the top with things and uh we would go like on a saturday like okay we're gonna clean up my storage unit and i would be there um, kind of like encouraging my mom and not in like a like super supportive encouragement. Encouraging her to throw More like away. a cynical sort of like, why do we have this? You haven't used this in how many years? Like throw this away. Like mm-hmm. this does not serve you. This I don't is need a VHS tape of Beauty and the Beast. I don't need three copies of a DVD. I don't own a VHS player. Yeah. They're actually kind of expensive to get now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, and that's the reason why I think in part there's there was a sentimental value, but there was also this like, oh, but what if someday I could use it? Mm-hmm. And I think that... You've gone I, a bit on the far, far end for end. most of your life, and I think you're... Mm-hmm. And I think that my my grandma too had a uh, a good amount of stuff, and I think um, it played out where my mom too had had a lot of stuff. I think less so than my grandma. Um, and at one point, um, one of the one of the homes that we were in, uh, it was totally almost hoarder status, and you could barely walk into rooms at a, a time, and that's when stuff becomes too much. And so I think seeing just a handful of moments in my upbringing at that level, I deduced, mm-hmm. why would you have all this shit? <laughs> and it's not a value to have all of these things. Um, this and, does not spark joy. Yeah, this does not spark joy. I went heavily on the minimalist side of things and there's no need, like there's no need for all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and it doesn't serve me. And I think that, uh, even, uh, I wouldn't go so far as to say our early apartments were Spartan, uh but I definitely don't think, uh, we put a lot of that. Like we were very quick to throw a lot of things away that we had a buy nothing group in uh, Seattle that was very, uh, used by a lot of people. Yeah. And uh, we used it to get rid of a lot of stuff. We actively got rid of stuff. Yeah. I think uh, I probably would fall under the principle of if I'm not going to use this in the next year, besides having a couple totes of holiday seasonal mm-hmm. items. Um, and even I, that, it's like it's like a tote. Yeah, it's a tote. We have one. <laughs> we have one tote full of Christmas things. Maybe it's expanded one tote plus a little because um, I really like Christmas light decorations. So slowly but surely, every mm-hmm. year I accumulate a couple more Christmas light decorations. And every year, when I have to move down the second tote, I grumble. <laughs> yeah, because we're expanding and we have more mm-hmm. stuff. We also have a much bigger home here. 
So there's more room to put stuff and it doesn't look and like we have also more in stuff. a place where a lot of people decorate. Yeah. It's so familial around here and it's so like it has it has an idealic mm -hmm. feel feel for so sure. So do you feel like being in a place where a lot of people are decorating, you feel a pressure to have more of that stuff? No, I um I think for me the motivator is the fact that Zeke mm -hmm. enjoys decorating. Zeke has this bug for like, oh, can we decorate? So, you know, last last Halloween, took him to the dollar store, let him pick out chintzy decorations. And that was like the highlight of his day. And mm -hmm. so that was more of an activity and a getting in the spirit sort of thing. And it also went along with how the neighborhood likes to decorate. Having Zeke enjoy these decor type things has led me to get and off of my soapbox you, you walk around this neighborhood and you see these giant decorations oh my gosh and, and i don't mean there the inflatables. are some eight foot skeleton pumpkin yeah. wolf you know and th they're rigid too it's not like the inflatables that you okay i can see how this could suck down and fold up neatly and maybe fit in a tote or two like these are solid yeah there's a good mix of both which like, means yeah. that they're storing 11 months out of the year they're storing that somewhere and that is that is a weight on their lives of of effort they're putting into because it, it, whether it's in, on a shelf or not, it, there's a, there's a space in your brain that's holding on to this. Potentially. But when you have such a big house and you don't have to like you don't have to worry about moving things around, mm -hmm. uh, maybe it carries less weight than it would per se in Seattle, where I'm our just home was picturing. Much because some of those things are too big to even go into totes. So it's probably like in an attic. Yeah. And so you climb gonna... up into that attic to replace a furnace filter. Because some of the furnace filters are in attics. Uh-huh. And uh, you turn around and there's just a skeleton. <laughs> yeah. Super cool. This is like straight up out of like a Disney movie or whatever. You know, Meet yeah, the Goonies. Yeah, no, something that, or other. Meet the Goonies. <laughs> is that what it's called? No. Oh, my gosh. What's it called? The Goonies. The Goonies. <laughs> <laughs> meet the Goonies. Meet the... <laughs> I knew what I was going for, though. Uh, I just missed the mark a little bit. <laughs> but the thing I, I picked up on what you were saying there is that you went to the dollar store, which means yeah. you bought disposable decorations. I bought disposable decorations. Because you you valued the activity, not the stuff. Yes. Versus when you buy th these very high-end decorations, like you're, you're putting value in that stuff. Uh -huh. you're, you're laboring under the weight of that stuff. Yeah, and maybe that shows a, a value judgment on my part because it's Halloween and we're buying dollar store. But for Christmas, I'm buying Christmas lights that we store. Yeah, growing up, we only decorated for Halloween because uh, my my parents were big Halloween people. And we, had a, we had like a garland or something we put out for Thanksgiving or Christmas, but the the big one and and Christmas with Christmas ornaments. The Christmas tree was a big deal. But we didn't do much else besides that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, what, what you're what you're describing is uh, valuing the activity, not not the stuff. Yes, in this case, for sure. Um, so we kind of come from this for various reasons in our childhood. Uh, this place of I don't I really don't care about a lot of these things, mm -hmm. which is a luxury you have when you can afford a lot of things. Uh, I think. Yeah, and it almost that well. Uh, like I'm thinking about um, going uh, the next generations back. You have mm -hmm. like the the is it the baby boomer generation where like they were had a very unsettled um 
No, baby boomers were very Depre- settled. The, the depression. So yeah. it was the before the baby mm-hmm. boomer era where it was like the Great Depression. And mm-hmm. then those parents like wanted to hold on to their stuff mm-hmm. because they had it all stripped away. And so then their kids kind of had an excess. So there's almost this weird cyclical generational thing when you have things in excess. Mm-hmm. And then you want to like bring it back because you don't see as much value in the stuff because it's always been there for you. When I went back to, and this this was again the the generational thing, you know, how did? Uh, I'm not asking you, I'm asking the audience here. Uh, how did your parents treat your stuff when you moved out? Because <laughs> before I moved out to go to college, my parents gave me a, a tote and said, "Put everything in these totes, and they're just going to go in the basement." Uh, you are, I, I I moved out of my room. My room was not my room once I left for college. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all that stuff was still there. And after we got married, we went back to get some of it. And there's like art from when I was in elementary school. And my, my dad's like giving me all this. I'm like, I don't give a crap about it. <laughs> what am I going to do with this? Yeah. I, th- I think this was for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was you know, a wooden sword that I carved in like seventh or eighth grade. Uh-huh. And uh, my parents are going to throw it out at one point. I'm like, no, don't throw it out. That that should be like in the garage still. So when my kids come to visit, they could like play with that sword that I made. And it was going to be kind of a cool story. Uh-huh. But when I came back, they're like, no, you need to take this sword. Yeah, take this sword. It's take ar- this massive fish. It's in our garage now. Oh, yeah, the fish. The fish. There's uh, like a, I don't know, how big is that fish? 23 inches. A 23 inch fish that's rainbow mounted, trout. a rainbow trout on our wall in the garage. Mm-hmm. That's made it through all of our moves. Yeah. <laughs> One of those humorous uh, things. But what they were communicating in that is that like kid, whatever it's it's stuff that we're just gonna throw in the basement, uh, and you know, kind of take it or take it or not, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was I very much was moved out of that space. We have uh friends on the other hand, or at least a friend. Yeah, her room was preserved. Mm-hmm. Like it might as well have been a relic museum where the toothbrush was left and the t- half used toothpaste and half used bottle of shampoo shampoo is still, is still in the shower. Mm-hmm. How crazy. Yeah, there was there was this kind of value placed on that on that stuff. I and I will say because we happen to live in an area we live in the same area as um the the person that we're talking about this place has massive homes. Yeah. So now that I'm here and I'm in this massive oh, home. You didn't need that room. <laughs> yeah. There is a component of, okay, I thought it was really, really crazy when I first heard it. But now that I'm here and we have this huge home that has so much space, was it just like not worth the effort? In this case, I don't think that was their yeah. their storyline. But I have a little bit of like, yeah, we don't really mm-hmm. need the space. So I'm just going to leave it where it's at because whatever. Mm-hmm. So I have a little bit of compassion. Yeah, a little bit of compassion for it. but Or uh, I think an angle that came up for me uh, in thinking about stuff is how we have super high depression rates and really bad outlooks, it, really bad outlooks, really bad outlook in our country. And we are what we consider, quote unquote, a developed world mm-hmm. in comparison to poorer countries. And I am sure there are so many, like this is a multifaceted um, issue and the things that contribute to this, but I have to think that the way that we hold on to materialism and the way that that plays out in our hearts and our like minds, the clutter in our minds because the clutter in our homes, there has to be a link there. And that's where I'm not, I, 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 that's where I tend toward the minimalist side still, even still. So 
two things, and th- this is just a, a thought I'm having in, in the moment. But if you if you look at corporate budgets or or uh, governmental budgets, uh, you know, corporations don't have money; they don't have cash. They they have debt. Yeah. And their their revenue, a lot of it goes into services servicing that debt. Uh, you know, you, you you'll see influencers talking about how I never spend your own money; spend the bank's money. Uh, and so on every budget sheet, there's a, a level of your uh, your income, your revenue is going towards debt services. And I feel like uh, the more the more stuff a business has, more more debts that they have to service. And on the individual level the more things we own, we're, we're taking on this debt. And I don't mean necessarily a financial debt to, to pivot away from that, but there is kind of a spiritual debt that you're incurring as you're uh, collecting things. Mm-hmm. Because now you have a fear over losing these things. Mm-hmm. Now you have a, a, a time time sink into the upkeep. Exactly. Uh, you, you spend uh, more and more of your time Owning these things, and it's it, it maybe to take it even a step further, uh, an, an identity question. Mm-hmm. You are the owner of these things. That is part of the identity that you've taken on. You're you're you spend a, a lot of your time in the day in this space of being the owner of this thing, and that's that's a, a spiritual, a physical, a, a chronological burden that you take on mm-hmm. when you own things, mm-hmm. and it's necessary to own things in the same way it's necessary uh you could argue for how you know how businesses or governments run it's just how how the world works but there is a a, a weight to carry there yeah but I that think, said uh, yeah without without just uh only hanging out in the nuanced chaos yeah we got to get to the beauty part too right okay let's, and let's that's that that, that brings me to my second point here yeah which is you know you ever you ever read the telltale heart no you have an Edgar, best of Edgar Allan Poe book on your bookshelf you've read the telltale heart okay the telltale heart is a story of a, a person who kills somebody okay. it's Edgar Allan Poe of course it's dark and uh he buries the body underneath the floorboards oh and then his a friend comes over and they're talking in the meantime he can hear the the beating heart underneath the floorboards uh-huh. and that beating heart is the beating heart of his own guilt it's uh-huh. it's representative and as we're talking about oh I don't care about these things I can hear the beating heart of the nostalgia bin that each of us has in the back of our closet. Uh-huh. We each, and this is just a thing we've done in our marriage. And it we says just the ha- word nostalgia it, on it. it. That's what we call it. We yeah. each have a bin with nostalgia stuff. And it has like uh, uh, a picture of uh, my football team from high school, uh-huh. uh, the, the beer stein that we got in high school graduation. Weird thing. Mine about- has random pieces of currency from days of sailing. Uh, my high school diploma is in there. Uh-huh. Um, uh, trophies like we we pom poms. You have pom poms. <laughs> I think so. Let's have fun with wedding that dress. I think the wedding dress is up. You there. have a separate wedding bin. Oh, I do for have wedding, a wedding bin. Things. Okay, fine. Uh, but we we too have carried things with us because and... there there is value in those remembrances. Yes, there is power. There is a tangible, and it, it's not all bad. There is beauty in it, right? There's absolute so beauty in it. I think of. Um, going to the see. movie. Well, okay. Yeah. Going to see, but let me, I'll, I'll share oh, the talk, one talk story. About, talk then, about the movie first. Yeah. Um, Hope floats. This thought came to me how her mother passes away and she goes to her mother's closet and she puts on one of her mom's robes or her outfits. Um, and Which I think it's so weird. It, it sounds really weird, but in regards to wanting to feel connected to process the passing of someone like 
it caused a um a strong connection i think for her to tangibly put on her mm-hmm. mother's outfit and I, I don't know it it is it sounds weird but there was power in it and it was a way of connecting mm-hmm. that is like a really like beautiful, profound, deep thing. Mm -hmm. And um, likewise with us, uh, when we went out to sea, that's the next part you wanted to go into. Before we go there, and I do have, I have a one picture of my mother Mm -hmm. that would be on the short list of things I'd grab in a fire. Yeah. I don't really have a relationship with my mom because uh, I, I didn't see her much after my parents' divorce, but I have this one picture. Yeah, and the table that we're sitting at and recording mm-hmm. is a table that my grandpa Becker made in the 60s, and um, all of the kids ate at this table. Recently, we had my aunts over, and they like sat at this table, and my Aunt Michelle looked at it, and she went, is that our table? Mm-hmm. Four generations <laughs> and, of Beckers have sat at this table. Yeah, like Grandma was here, two of my aunts. One, two, two of my aunts, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, myself are here and, and we eat at this table and every day. our kids. Like we were and all kids, at this table. Yeah. And uh, the way that they reacted because this table was part of them. Mm-hmm. And my aunt said, oh, this table is much smaller than I remember. Because she sat oh. at this table when she was a young kid. And this table was a huge table. To, to add movie references, go back and watch the movie My Life. Okay. Because there's a... You know, it, the movie My Life is about a, a, a guy who learns that I've referenced this movie in this podcast before, uh, who finds out that he has cancer and he's going to die in about six months. Mm-hmm. The problem is his wife's pregnant. Uh, so he is going to die before his his child is born. Mm-hmm. And the so whole movie is him making like videos for his kid, which includes him making a video of um, his childhood home. Uh-huh. And he steps into the backyard. And the first thing he says, and this is Michael Keaton, like peak Michael Keaton, right? He turns around and says, it's so small and oh that's just like just like and I, if you want a good cry watch this movie you're gonna cry most of the movie <laughs> okay and there's like little things like he like there's a, a little uh band, part of the hand band handrail banister that's loose that he's like it's still loose uh-huh like there's all sorts of things like that but yeah so there are there there's and in a way that's the opposite of what I, we we're talking about the, about the things owning you it's you imbuing your spirit into these things uh-huh yeah and the the good in that uh, so with us going out to see, we wanted to talk about that topic mm-hmm. because in one point, uh, in in one side of it, uh, you should only pack what you can carry up the gangway. Mm-hmm. And so you realize uh, being out on a ship and when you're packing to leave for if it's a, you know, a two month or it's a four month or it's a six or eight month trip. Mm-hmm. Wow. This is all I need. Like this bag is what's going to get me through the next six to eight months? Because obviously on the ship, I will have a bed. I will have food. I will have a laundry. And I'll have a laundry. Yeah. Laundry um, a- ability to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what So what special items made it into your uh, sea bag? Um, I had a packet of uh, photos uh, from when we were dating. Uh-huh. Because that, that was pre... Was that with the note cards? Uh. That was something different because oh. I had I had pictures that I went down to Walgreens and got printed because uh-huh. uh, I was back when you did that sort of thing. Um, and then, yeah, you sent me with uh, packets of like note cards open on day one, open on day 10, yeah. uh, things like that, uh, which is really sweet. Uh, and that meant a lot to me. Uh, I had uh, a Bible that I kept with me. And even like kind of before I was uh, had a deeper faith, it just it felt right to have. OK, Um and that was oh, 
I had a lucky rock. I actually left that rock on the Washington Express. <laughs> I was about to say, where is this rock? I don't know yeah. what rock you're talking about. Yeah, it, had, it uh, actually wasn't a rock. It was a piece of resin that had a four-leaf clo- clover uh, embedded into it. Uh huh. Um, and those and that, were... was, that was really it. I didn't have a I didn't have a lot. So I, I you had a bit more. I didn't have a lot, but I did maybe have more than you. Um, when I um sailed, uh. I think before even having Zeke, but then after as well, I have uh, this bear. It's a brown bear called Bear Bear. Yeah, I got it from the Nex on campus, and it was a USMMA bear, but I took the shirt off of it, so it would just be a teddy bear. Uh-huh, and that was uh, before we graduated, and then that made it out to sea with me. And um, I now I was kind of thinking like in hindsight, it would have been so cute if I actually took pictures with Bear Bear at sea in various spots, because now like then Zeke would have like the pictures of Bear Bear. Mm -hmm. So it would almost like allow him to put himself like, oh, this bear has been all over the place Mm -hmm. and kind of get it a little more than just me saying it out loud. Mm I also made like a personalized calendar. Um, so every month had photos of us so that I could mark off the um, the days of my trip while I was out there. And at one point I took a yoga mat to see because mm. I was super into yoga and um, I wanted to get that like like meditation time doing in. yoga on, on a, a ship moving is way platform. harder way harder <laughs> but it was like the calm seas you know mm-hmm. i could do it in the calm weather um and i definitely had um i had a ton of books mm-hmm. on a kindle mm-hmm. and i had a ton of movies on on a on a hard drive yeah i didn't count those as material keepsakes that was just entertainment yeah i guess so but yeah and it's just like easier because you put it on like a small mm-hmm. thumb drive yeah but those things mattered. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even uh, recently when we were back in Seattle, we bought a pumpkin. Oh, that pumpkin. We had this pumpkin. You know, it's, it's one of those things, and I'm sure we're way over time, but I don't care. I, I spent so much time kind of being critical of my parents over how they would hold over my head anything that I broke in the house. 30 years later, they're, they're talking about something I broke when I was five. Uh-huh. Um, and then Aaron broke my pumpkin. And you got super sad. I got so sad. It's my fault. Like I put it in a place you can reach. It's totally my fault that I left that pumpkin there. But there's a there's a Avalon Glassworks in Seattle. They make blown glass pumpkins glass for pumpkins. Halloween. It's very cool. And you know, growing up, Halloween was the only thing we decorated for. So the only I have a I have a a, a ceramic black rose uh, that I got at Bush Gardens, and I have that Halloween pumpkin that are kind of like my things. Mm-hmm. I don't have very many things in this house. Those are my things. Yeah. And and Aaron broke it and I was so upset. His heart was broken. It was so Fortunately, rough. we had a trip to Seattle planned and we we got a new one. Yeah, and we drove by and it's like, "Oh, pumpkins are here, Bill. We have to get a new one." Mm-hmm. So we we, you know, in our our 8-day trip to Seattle trying to see everybody that we could and all the things that we value, we made a point. We got to get to Avalon Glassworks to and replace, Georgetown Brewery to get a six pack and to get yeah a couple six packs. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like there's this there's this sentimental uh, and beautiful thing to decorations, and I think even um, where my heart has softened about how I feel about stuff is in the buying Halloween decorations mm-hmm. or buying Valentine's Day decorations. I think- treasuring the memories with your children are what softens your heart on things like this yeah and also it brings me back to uh the legacy and the generation beyond me because zeke uh has this like enjoyment Mm -hmm. in decorating 
that I don't have. Mm -hmm. But when I see it in him, I'm reminded of my grandma and all Mm -hmm. of her decorations. And I think it genuinely brought joy Mm -hmm. to her to have these decorations. It, it, it allowed this rhythmic seasonal passing and it, it brought, um, yeah. Yeah. That's really beautiful. I think we can end it there. Where do you guys fall on this? Like, do you, are, are you Marine Con- Marie Kondo minimalists? Do you have a nostalgia bin? Uh-huh. What's in your nostalgia bin? What sparks joy for you? What sparks joy? Or what burdens you and what stuff consumes you and is taking too much bandwidth that maybe you could reassess? This week's book recommendation is a book that I didn't finish, full disclosure, because I found myself agreeing with it a lot. I was just reading every page and thinking, yes, 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 yes. Um, So the book is The More of Less by Joshua Becker. Subtitle is Finding the Life You Want Under Everything You Own. He, uh, this author, has written several books on the topic of stuff and uh, becoming a minimalist. And um, as we explored in this episode, I don't know where the sweet spot is in the middle, but I do think that um, if you are on the side of feeling like your stuff is weighing you down and you're needing motivation or encouragement to reassess what you value and how much stuff you have, um, this would be a great book or a great author to um, look up and see the couple of books that he has on the topic. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And in the spirit of nuance, I hope you found something that you could agree with and disagree with and still choose to lean in. If you're liking the show, please follow us and share it with friends and leave a rating and review. Until next time.